The way the church celebrates Advent is inspired because it manages to celebrate the end and the beginning in one seamless process. We have reached the end of the liturgical year. Over the last couple weeks, the daily Mass readings had begun to present Jesus' different sayings and teachings about the end of times. And our first readings had been taken from the book of Revelation. The mind of the Church had turned to the end of the world, a turn that only increases now that we have arrived at Advent. The first two weeks of Advent speak almost exclusively about the second coming of Jesus and how Christians long for that coming. We beg the Lord to return to us. And then, almost imperceptibly, right around the 17th of December, this longing for the second coming transitions into the longing of the Jewish people for the first coming of the Messiah. We hear all of the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, and we prepare ourselves more directly for the great and holy feast of the Nativity. The end becomes the beginning, and the liturgical year starts afresh. Both halves of Advent, we should note, are penitential in nature. The reason for this is the same reason that no one eats a full breakfast and a full lunch before Thanksgiving dinner. We need to leave room for all the tasty Thanksgiving foods. Similarly, whenever we prepare for major feast days, the Church recommends a time of fasting and penitence so that when the feast day arrives, our souls have plenty of room to receive the great joy of the celebration. It is for this reason that we wear purple during Advent, as purple is the penitential color of the Church. It is also for this reason that we do not sing the Gloria and that the Church asks us to remove all flowers from the altar and to refrain from using musical instruments during the liturgy. At Assumption, we will also be reading the Responsorial Psalm. The purpose of all of these deprivations is so that we can feel the longing that marks the Advent season and so that we will be sufficiently emptied in order to receive the joy of Christmas. The only exceptions to these penitential practices are on the great feasts of the season, including St. Andrew, the Immaculate Conception, and Our Lady of Guadalupe, as well as the semi-joyous third Sunday of Advent. A quick fun fact. Traditionally, even though the Church has the penitential seasons of Advent and Lent, the joyous seasons that followed them were always longer, so that our joy and feasting should outlast our penance and fasting. Lent is seven weeks, but Easter is eight. Advent is four weeks, but Christmas, up until the last century, was six weeks. It was only in the revision of the liturgical calendar following the Second Vatican Council that Christmas ended up being shortened to two and a half weeks, a change with good reasons, but which sacrificed that old symbolism. Finally, the question of how we live out Advent apart from the liturgy is, of course, harder. Since for nearly a century, the United States has given up on Advent in favor of a consumerist approach to Christmas. 
We front load the celebration as a way to sell more products. My recommendation is to treat Advent like all fasting. Fast until you feel the hunger. Even if you do not wait until December 24th, like I do, at least try to delay your celebration of Christmas until you feel the longing which is at the heart of Advent. Allow yourself to feel deprived. Do acts of penance. And yes, Christmas shopping counts as an act of penance. And then, once you have made plenty of room in your soul through fasting and penitence, then you will be ready for the joy of Christmas to enter in.